What's goody how breath averse? I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the clean comedy workshop, or go to joelbyerscomedy.com slash clean comedy workshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it. Let's bring on my co-host Yoshi. He he always Yoshi. joins fresh off of family. He leaves family. his family oh. to do this show every week. So we're here. Oh. I know yeah. that. Got back What's from going on, Justin? How are you, brother? What's up, buddy? I'm good. It's exciting. Good to see oh. you again. Yeah, good to see you. I don't what think your it? mic is used. I, I think your your microphone is your microphone on, Yoshi? This one all of a sudden stopped working. The, the oh. fancy one. So I think I'm using just the one attached to like the camera. It's gotcha. Is it a pretty terrible microphone? I mean, you know, I mean, compared to Dustin and I, you know, it, you know, yeah, we, but we that's... care more than you. Just so you know, we care a little bit more about the quality we put out into the world. And you're yes. Like, Whatever. I don't, you know, I get it. But I, I started... Shore or something. I bet your I bet your microphone would work. I bet you would, get, you would care more. But it's just me, so nobody cares. I get it. <laughs> got to do movies like Casino Man. Get respect around here. I get it. I All get right. it. What are we doing? Do we start? What's happening? Yeah, <laughs> we're, we've started. We've started. Now that we're established, that Yoshi's audio will be what it is. It's what yeah. It no. is. It's all. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, yep. it's all yeah. good. We appreciate you sneaking in here, Yoshi. So, um, as always, no, no worries at all. This is going to be a good one here. I'm super jazzed about this one here. Super jazzed. We have Mr. Cool Dustin Chafin here. You said it right. Good work. My guy. What's up, I guy? do my research. Former, uh... Mormon, you Mormon, were yes. <laughs> then you just filmed uh, your dry bar special in the Mormon state of Utah. So kaboom, yes. Provo, Utah, the comedy mecca. And uh, who knew? Who knew? Oh wow! All right, did, sound effects. Did we just like lose early? Yoshi? I think we, we did. Just... And then, but but he got an applause break on the way out. So <laughs> leave him laughing. That's... That's how you. That's how you leave a room. <laughs> so there, yeah. there's a there's a few things. Um, I definitely want to get into the weeds on, but I think the first thing is just your dry bar, your whole dry bar experience, like how you booked it. Um, when you, f I mean, I filmed one almost probably a year and a half ago now, so okay. <laughs> hasn't been out yet. So, uh, but my whole experience was positive. <laughs> And I, yeah. I loved every second of it. But how, how how was yours? How did you book it? Maybe like talk about it from like the perspective of like a comic who maybe aspires to get one someday. Kind of take us through that whole deal. Sure. Um, well, a lot of things. First of all, the um, the Mormon angle is interesting because it was like uh, I went through a Mormon stage and I got a girl in high school, that whole thing. And um, 
you know, the last time I was in Provo, Utah, was at the Missionary Training Center. And that's where they train you how to, like, speak Spanish. I went to Chile and how to speak Spanish and, like, manipulate people and to believe in the Book of Mormon and all that stuff. It's like, like this training center. And it's in Provo. Just kidding. All my Mormon people, I love you. I know it's it's whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I did that in Provo. Like, that's where it was. And so the idea of coming back and being like this, you know, kind of rogue, you know, wild man comic. And then I'm, you know, filming my comedy there. I mean, I went from, you know, an elder to a stand up and then I'm doing my special there. So that was really, really fun to be in front of like, you know, the Provo crowd. And I knew a lot of inside stuff. So, you know, I would throw in some Mormon things and, you know, all that stuff. So that was fun to do. But uh, I had worked with T.J. Miller at um, Wise Guys at, oh. uh, in Salt Lake City. I don't know. Are you still there? I see. It looks like you Yeah, went off. you... Um, you guys are having second. a lot. Oh, I went off. Okay. No, you're that? there. I'm, it's just <laughs> <Sorry>. all me. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we this is going Yoshi. great. We got... We got no. <laughs> this is going great, This is this what happens when you, when you think you're better than Zoom. You just... <laughs> <laughs> you get some app that's just just haywire. Just go, you know. You could have kept it simple. It just did regular Zoom. Paid the nineteen bucks a month. Anyway, so um, so yeah. So I performed with TJ. I was doing uh that club, Salt Lake City, uh, and Wise Guys, and you know, I think in comedy, um, I've gotten better at in probably the past couple of years that I moved to LA and stuff at asking for things. And I feel like a lot of times as comics, it's like, I don't know how it was with your experience getting the special and stuff, but a lot of times, you know, we feel like, you know, it's like, you don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be annoying. You don't want to, you know, you want to make, you don't want to mess up a relationship because you asked for something at the wrong time and all that stuff. So it was kind of one of those things. I had a pretty good weekend. I didn't like my sets. I don't know if you have those experiences where people think you do well. Everybody's like, that was awesome. But in your head, you're like, ah, I didn't like that set. But, mm. um, and and I did the first show I did all clean. for in, in, But it's Salt Lake. Nobody cares. Nobody asked me to be clean. I just thought in my head that I had to be because, you know, the Mormon temple so close. So I was like, I guess I'll, you know, be clean. So that was the set he watched. He didn't watch any of my other sets where I was kind of filthy. And so uh -huh. the guy that was that, that runs the club kind of saw that set and then didn't really watch too many of the other sets. But I did well enough that, you know, he he just that when I, I asked him, I was like, hey, you know, I know you do these dry bars and stuff. I'd like to submit a clean set for it, whatever. And he was like, what are you doing, you know, in April, in May on a Saturday, whatever. And he was like, literally book me right there. So it was kind of one of those kind of crazy experiences where, you know, I asked and then, you know, I kind of received. And it was just like instead of the runaround of email and all that. So it was great. And uh, but yeah, but it was one of those opportunities where I knew that, you know, he saw I could do what I could do. And, you know, I, I could keep it relatively clean. But but yeah, so that's kind of how I got that. I just opened my mouth, which I think a lot of comics would get insecure about it. And or we ask too much. There's that guy because I used to run a comedy club. I've ran a few comedy clubs, and uh, you know, comics have very bad etiquette in knowing when to ask somebody for something. You know, I feel like uh, we could go in on questions on this all day, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you ran the Boston Comedy Club, didn't you? I ran the Boston for a little while, the last couple of years, uh, when it meant something, you know, and it was just like Chappelle and and uh, you know all those guys. Now when it turned into Comedy Village, I don't know what that was. But, uh, yeah, I ran it. What is a big deal? Patrice, all those guys, Greg Giraldo, Bill Bird, they all came through. And before they were getting a whole lot of love at the cellar, they were getting love there. And, you know, I would 
get to work with these guys and stuff. So, yeah, I've been on both ends of it for a really long time. But uh, Yeah, that was the legendary Boston Comedy Club. I think yeah. with Barry, did Barry right, Katz own it? Okay, we're live. Barry Katz, yes, Barry Katz. Okay, he, this uh, is... Now my old audio is coming back. I don't know what's happening. Um, oh, you're... Yeah, Barry, uh, Barry Katz, uh, yeah, he ran it. Which It was such a weird thing because it was like, it was, you know, it was about this scene in Boston, which was great. And he opened it up in New York on West 3rd, uh, right in the heart of Greenwich Village. And it said Boston Comedy Club. So basically, all that would happen the entire night, every night we were there, some Yankees fans just be like, Boston sucks, Boston. <laughs> like they would just be <laughs> flipping us off and making it some Boston, New York thing. We're like, no, dude, it's about a scene of comedy. Like, we're not like, you know, it was just so funny that like it just angered New York guys that, you know. That it was, you know, not the Boston Red Sox comedy club or whatever. But you did walk <laughs> in. They did have all that stuff on the wall, which was kind of disrespectful. They would have all the, you know, Boston Red Sox stuff everywhere. So it was kind of a F you to people. But anyway. But yeah, it was a cool club, man. It was like, that's where I, it was kind of like my comedy university, you know. It was like, you got, I got to watch, you know, amazing guys, you know, Louie and all these guys just kind of find it on stage when they weren't famous yet and stuff and so you know i feel like it was it was a great time to get to know like watch like a mark Marin, you know figure it out and things like that it was just really the best learning experience you could have as a comic and I, I always tell people if you're a brand new comic and you walk into a comedy club go watch the show because that's where you're gonna mm -hmm. you know that's where you're gonna learn that's what you're gonna see and that's what you know that's what was great about just being able to watch all these guys i feel a lot of young guys are more concerned about getting their spots instead of like learning from the vets that are playing the club i see that a lot you know what i mean like so where somebody comes in they just kind of want to be like hey can i get a what how about you just watch the show for a little while? how'd you learn and sit back so we got to sit back and watch these great guys and watch crazy experiences i remember one time kevin hart was on stage and patrice o'neill was in the back and this is, this is how this is how old i am this is, we used to have these same kids called phone books and they would <laughs> They would send these things, these big yellow things called phone books, and they would send them to places. And you would, if you wanted information, you had to open this book. And so I remember there was a stack of them at the club, and Patrice O'Neill was in the back, and Kevin Hart was on stage. Probably like 15 people in the audience. And he was throwing phone books on the stage. Go, I can't see you. Get on these phone books. And he was like throwing phone books across the room onto the stage. And poor little Kevin Hart, like just trying to, you know, not get hit by these phone books. <laughs> So that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff that was happening there. Just kind of a very CBGBs of comedy kind of thing. Yeah. Do you, when you mentioned young comic mistakes and you've seen so many, like, and I know you you will also like do some comedy coaching and mentoring for comedians and stuff. Sure. What are some of like the most common comedian mistakes that you've seen over your career? I mean, and I've made a thousand of them. Um, of, I yeah, think, of course, uh, we all have. Know, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Speak you for know, yourself, guys. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's tons. Let's do. Let's do a few. Let's do. Yoshi's perfect. Yoshi's never made a mistake. That's yeah, that's why he can't turn his microphone on. Anyway, um, so <laughs> he knows everything. But uh, 
I think there's a lot. I mean, you know, being too drunk at a at a comedy club, you know, mm. that's that's a big one. You know, I'm a big sober guy, and as I made a lot of mistakes. You know, you're just talking <laughs> shit and just going on stage too drunk or too high. Like that's a big one. You know, it's like just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know, look, like, I'm funny yeah. when I'm high or whatever. So I think that's one. Just being kind of messed up and not yourself 100. percent You know, is a big one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, bothering people when it's not a good time to bother people. You know, if you see somebody like, you know, like a Saturday night, 10 o'clock, they're trying to start the show. Probably not the best time to go up to the people and ask for a spot. Like, you know, just finding like, you know, timing is everything off stage as well. You know, I, I just, you know, I, I somebody's like trying to get the show going. You got a, somebody complaining, the manager, whatever. And then they'll go up and go, hey, could I get it? You know, it's like that kind of stuff timing and knowing when and kind of read the room you know when it's busy at a comedy club but uh yeah i don't know and then just being ready for it when you do get your shot you know there's don't be delusional like you know there's a lot of delusional comedians you know i mean i call it open mics but there's a lot you know where it's like you, <laughs> like you, you, you just like you have no clue where you're at like I am overly where I'm at. David Tell gets off stage. First thing he says, "Hey, was that okay?" Meanwhile, he just destroyed. Like there's so many self-aware, great comics, and then you see this kid, these young guys with attitudes, and they just they're not aware what killing means. You know, if they're not standing on their feet, then you didn't really kill. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's you know what I mean. Like I don't know. There's a, don't throw that word around. So be, so just know where you're at. I guess is what I'm trying to say before you ask for something because you only get so many shots when you ask. So I don't know. That's just a few. You might have some too. I don't know. What's what are some that you feel? But that was really funny. You mentioned not killing on stage, thinking they did. Is like that's an exact example that Nate gave when he was on here about ah, like a comic was giving all this advice in the green room and he goes up and bombs and then comes back off like, see, that's exactly how you do it. He's like, he bombed, but he had no idea in his head. That's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No clue. Even a vet. Yeah. Even vets are like that. Yeah. It's not just the young guys for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of these guys, you know, but uh, that's funny that Nate was there. Yeah. Cause Nate was there with me. Like we were doing all that together. You know, it's like, we are you know, all those, you know, funny moments but yeah comics you know i don't know i think if you if you have any gift at this i think you kind of know where you're at but when you think you figured out i guess you know you've been doing this for some time now uh and you've been in a lot of different scenes when do you think you figure out okay this is something that i can take to like full timeness or like be like a profession um you know I always try to figure out what was the best situation, you know, for me as a comedian, even like offstage and lifestyle. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I made sure that I lived with three other comedians so I could afford to not have a real job. I think that was the first thing that was important. You know, I found a situation. We lived all lived in Astoria. It was like, you know, four comics living together. So it's like I put myself in a situation so I could kind of like make a living at it. And I think what's, you know, once you stop asking mom for money, I guess you start to feel like a comic. <laughs> it's like once you once you could say, all right, that, uh, you know, that firehouse gig paid for, you know, my rent and my, you know, whatever, that BFW, <laughs> that weird Elk Lodge show, you know, like whatever, you know, soccer benefit, all that weird stuff, camp shows, all this stuff. I think once you start kind of just, you know, basically making a living, 
but uh, but I think it's more than that. I think you know, the, I think TV is important. I think it's important to kind of like have something that you strive for, and you, and then once you get that, I think it's like a lot of, you know, because I think now people feel like they don't need TV because of TikTok and social media and all that stuff. So I don't know. I always felt it was important to kind of have big goals, and mm. um, you know, and say all right. You know, I mean, I wasn't like a late night guy. My first TV thing was a weird one, Yoshi. It was uh, Showtime White Boys in the Hood. It was, uh, <laughs> you couldn't do that show now. <laughs> they, would, they would cancel you pretty quick. Uh, yeah, it, was, it was like Eminem comedians, dude. It was hilarious. And it was like, we were like we were, it was white comics, a lot of white comics doing black jokes in front of black yeah. crowds. And it was, but a lot of us came up through uptown comedy shows and urban Latino sure. nights. And so we knew how to work those crowds. And so that's kind of how yeah. the show kind of came together. Cause a lot of us came up through all those kind of shows. And so, you know, it kind of formed into this thing, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, once I did that, yeah. it was kind of, you know, I could say yeah. I was on TV. Sure you just tell people it's showtime. Don't worry about yeah, the Yeah. Now I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think it's kind of funny. I like it. I like watching a host say it though. <laughs> like, all right uh this next guy showtime white boys with a z in yeah, the yeah. <laughs> like a dj white boys yeah. in the hood let me show up with that hat yeah yeah well i do kind of dress like a brother so it's you know but <laughs> it works but yeah i think the tv credit was big i think once i got that and then i started you know just kind of i don't know just figuring it out you know, hustling sure. and figuring out how to make a living. And, you know, and that's the thing over the years, I always felt like as long as I was doing something in stand up, then I was happy. You know, if sometimes you could do full tours and you're working on the road all the time, sometimes, you know, you got a coach or sometimes you got to run a show or whatever. But as long I felt like as long as stand up was part of the whole thing, then yeah. I was OK with it. So because I was a hustler mm -hmm. like that, you know, it's like I'll do sure. whatever it takes. I was like the P. Diddy of comedy. I was like, do whatever, man. I'll do whatever. <laughs> White boys, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever it took, I would just do everything. So, you know, sure. but I, I don't know. I just love being a part of stand up no matter what capacity it was. Yeah. Victoria oh. said Dustin is the best comedy coach. Oh, OK. All right. Victoria. Yeah, Victoria. What's yay, Victoria. She's great. She's uh. Yeah, she's very passionate, you know, about stand up and wants to get better and better. And that's that's one thing I about, love about working with Victoria. It's like she really wants to get better. I think some comics, they just kind of sit on it, you know, just because you get laughs doesn't mean, you know, like she really works hard. So, yeah. Thanks, Victoria. I appreciate it. Been great working with you. Yeah. And I also feel like because we've done so many interviews on here that I also feel like sometimes people listen to this show and don't like take action. They don't like. Or like, they're like, oh, I'm waiting for the right time to get on stage or I'm waiting yeah. for this moment to try this new joke or whatnot. But like, at the end of the day, like you can take classes, you can get coaching, you can listen to the podcast, but at some, I mean, at a, some point you got to get on stage and you've actually got to put the work into action. That's how you're really going to know. Yeah. Uh, Joel, how did you get on stage? What was your first, like, how did you like, did you work at a club or like? No, I was, open mics? yeah, I did an open mic at a comedy club by my college. Yeah. Okay. And then how did you start to get stage time though? Like, how did you just, I did, I was about to graduate from college and then I tried that open mic 
And then I was hooked from then on. So they did like two open mics a month. So I did both of those. Okay. One I paid. One of them was a paid open mic. So I would like pay nice. for the stage time to hate myself. And then <laughs> I moved back to Atlanta and then just got on stage anywhere and everywhere. Because every advice I had ever heard in my research and then since interviewing so many comedians, the advice is yeah. you got to get on stage. So I just, yeah. in Atlanta, I was just on stage every single night. Or if I wasn't performing, I was there like, in a comedy club watching the headliner that weekend i love it i love it yeah my first uh my first stand-up ex experience was uh, at a college it was a uh, byu idaho which was kind of the uh, second tier to byu uh, salt lake or provo or wherever it is and so it's like it's those of us who couldn't get into the utah byu they they shipped us all to idaho <laughs> so we could get our grades up and get married and go to the other one <laughs> Yeah, but I did a talent show in uh, at this BYU Idaho. It's actually called Rick's College, but it was a Mormon thing, whatever. And um, now it's BYU Idaho. But anyway, I, and I did a Mormon. I did a talent show, and I and I crushed it. I got a standing ovation, and it was like and I I don't think I've had a, a set that good since. I've been chasing that high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've had a few standing O's, but this was like unbelievable, and I was like ah. So that was the first time I did stand up. And then, you know, I felt like it's just something about a college crowd that, you know, people and stuff. That's a good that's a good good way to go in sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I worked at a comedy club for, you know, like when I first started, I hated open mics. I felt like I couldn't get any rhythm off of it. Like it just I couldn't. So I just worked, you know, at like just handing out flyers or cooking or cleaning the toilets, whatever it took. You know, I just wanted Whoa. that five minutes. Whatever it took, yeah. It's like I was a busboy and all that stuff at uh, the New York Comedy Club on twenty when it was on Twenty Fourth Street with Al Martin. That's why I first started. I was a you know I would I was a busboy and a cook, which I don't think is legal in New York City. You're not supposed to clean the toilet <laughs> and then work the fry machine, but we did. <laughs> but comedy is so like ridiculous anyway. Like nobody's checking in on us that much. But wow. uh, yeah, a man so, of many so was, skills. Yeah, I was. Yeah. And then one time I got a, I remember the, the the New York Comedy Club. I don't know if you guys know it, right? You've been there. The New I've York heard of it. I haven't been there, though. Oh, OK. OK, well, they have a uh, there was a we did some remodeling in it. And there's like a stove that we couldn't move. We couldn't remove it from the club. So they just put up sheetrock. So, right. If you go when you go to the New York Comedy Club, there's a stove that's where the headshots it's on both. There's like a wall. It's walled in where the headshots are and it's a freaking stove in there that's been dirty since 1983 so <laughs> somebody one day somebody's gonna break that wall and it's gonna be like a tomb in there and be like you know. but it's yeah it's gross but uh yeah so one time i was uh dropping mozzarella sticks and i was doing a shift and there was no comics and so i remember i dropped the mozzarella sticks or something onion rings or whatever and then there was no comic and they go hey you want to go up it's like absolutely and so that I and I forgot that I dropped this these you know mozzarella sticks or whatever. And so I went on stage, and there was a vent by the stage. It was by the kitchen. And so I'm on stage, and it's like there's nobody there. So I'm doing a long set. I'm doing like 12 minutes, 13 minutes, and all of a sudden smoke just starts bellowing through the club because I'd left those mozzarella sticks in there. <laughs> and, I'm, and then I'm just like trying, and I'm like, oh, did somebody order the mozzarella sticks? You know, you know that kind of thing. And it's like made a big funny. And I'm running off stage, fire extinguisher. You know, like, it was a, it was a fun way to close. I'll tell you. Fire extinguisher? <laughs> well, you know, you grabbed it just in case. You know what's happening. Oh, okay, okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, hilarious. 
It was my prop. I had to have a prop, you know? It's like, yeah, prop, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm quick. You're quick like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. When in doubt. When in doubt. That is a new one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so it's a... Go ahead, Yoshi. I was going to ask, the move to L.A., mm. What was it a comedic move or was it more of a personal move? And any advice for comedians thinking about moving to, like, different scenes? Yeah. Um, we uh, My girl's a comic as well, Leah Bonema, and so we're, you know, a comedy couple and stuff. So it's uh, everyday, all-day comedy and all that. So, you know, during the pandemic, I felt like, um, you know, I just needed a change. Uh, I wasn't sure what was happening with New York. Um, you know, Dangerfields is one of my favorite clubs, and they closed. That kind of, you know, that was a weird one. And so it just felt like the scene was kind of not sure what it was doing. And then, you know, we'd always just wanted to come out here. We both write scripts and things like that. And so we just felt like we'd both done New York. We, you know, we did, we passed all the clubs, you know, we got on TV, all the stuff. So it was like, let's try something bigger. And uh, I felt like L.A. is a good place to be when you have that New York kind of foundation. You know, because, I mean, we really, yeah. when you're a New York comic, you stand out up here because some 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 girls like, hey, I, I'm, I'm a model slash comedian. And then you go on stage and just smoke them off the stage because, you know, we're warriors in New York. And so yeah. it's, uh, you know, so you come with a lot of stand up artillery, if you will. But mm. uh, so, yeah, it was part of that. And then just, you know, it is something about the desert and the beaches and the mountains. I, I love all that stuff. So, you know, a little bit personal in the nature and all that. But one thing I like about L.A. is like New York, I would crush all the time and nobody would be in the crowd out here. You do five minutes and like somebody's like, hey, I work at Warner Brothers. Would you like to have a coffee? You know, like there's a lot of industry circulating, you know, in the clubs, sure. which I don't see a lot of that in New York where I feel like, gotcha. you know, it's like you crush and you hope the person that books you sees it, but well alone industry or whatever. So I don't know. There's a lot of that. I just kind of want to be around more of the showbiz stuff in New York. It's like, but New York is where you become a great comic. I feel like mm -hmm. all the guys we idolize, all the Bill Burrs, all the guys, you know, they all, you know, they all started in New York, you know, David Tell, all those guys, you know, so it's like yeah. New York makes you a strong comic. But I think sometimes it's good to, you know, just leave the nest a little if, and just kind For of, sure. you know, I didn't want to just be a club comic because I feel like, you know, that happens a lot where you could just make your living as a, a city comic and you make, you know, a decent living, you know, you can make, you know, a couple hundred bucks, maybe 600 bucks, whatever here on the weekend, you know, and you kind of get comfortable. And so I kind of wanted to go somewhere where not everybody, you know, not, not everybody did, you know, people don't all know me and I can kind of, you know, just make a fresh start, you know. And so, yeah, uh, yeah just kind of stand out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh? it's like a cheers. You wanted to go to a different bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wanted, I want to be different, you know, and I stand out out here. So it's kind of great. Man. Everybody knew me in New York. It's like, all right, time to go. I got to get out of here. Yeah. Do you think comics even need to move to like a New York or L.A. anymore? That's an interesting question. Um, it depends. It depends what your end game is, really. But yeah, if you have a, you know, ultimately, if you if you have a fan, you know, if you've cultivated. <laughs> this whole live stream has been hilarious <laughs> we just lost dustin bad. i thought i was bad i was just like oh my god of all the times for my internet to be acting up right now yeah this is hilarious he doesn't he's not like on the 45 minute zoom plan is he is that what happened? there we are 
I'm back. No, we out you. This, we're having a crazy tech day. <laughs> no, nah, this is great. No, this keeps it exciting. <laughs> yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Um, yeah. What, what was the question? Uh, fan base. Oh yeah. If you, yeah, I think you could live like, like Nate would, Nate did it right. You know, like he got like, you know, enough exposure and road work and presence that he could live anywhere. And so he chose Nashville and, yeah. uh, you know, but there's different scenes for sure. I mean, you can go to Austin and just be a comic probably. And, you know, it, it, industry, as long as industry is coming out, I guess it's, it, it doesn't matter. Or if that, maybe that's not your goal. Maybe your goal is just to work the road and not be seen. But if you want to be seen, I think there's more industry in places like Austin, Chicago, Atlanta, there's different, you know, they, they're going around. They didn't used to. It used to just be like, just for last was in New York or L.A. You know, now those yeah. those yeah. things go to different cities. And so I think it's definitely changed, you know, more than it used to be. Michelle sure. said, looks like you need to move to a place that has internet. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> really? I go out once? Oh, shut up, yeah. After all the technical difficulties, you're the one that's yeah. been we, on it. After making fun of Yoshi for like six <laughs> minutes, and then and this is what I get. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry, we, we had a mudslide. It's a, it's L.A. God knows what happened. Out here, Justin. You know how it is. <laughs> they are. They're going in. They're going in hard. Well, I, I, uh, Where I do you posted... live, Michelle? Cleveland? I don't even know. <laughs> 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 good internet. That good internet. <laughs> Somewhere where, yeah, LeBron left. That's where you live. All right. I want to go after Michelle. It's weird when you want to go after somebody, you can't see them. You're like... <laughs> that means they can't respond, so you can say whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I, I posted on our Facebook group uh, that you were coming on the show and people posted some questions for you that uh, we can get into. Uh, the The first one is from uh, Phil Ketron, who said, with all the social media available, what is your opinion on the best use slash spend money on to promote yourself? Interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm old school. Um, I say I album why, first. I thought I I knew you were gonna say that. That he's old school. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Shut up. You don't. You didn't know that. No, he All said right. old school, not old Yoshi. Be nice. No, Come old, on. Yeah, yeah, old school. Okay. I mean, the way right. you talk about like you know you the way you sort of describe your comedy history of like yeah. the Bill Burrs, the Patrices, yeah. like it's just very obvious. And haven't seen you on stage. It's very obvious you have an old school like mentality, the way that you think about comedy and the way you think about killing well, on stage. Yeah, well, I mean, if you don't think about killing, you're not a comic. Uh, let's just put that yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs> Bars. Go away, okay? Just go away. Like be a performance <laughs> artist or something. Be a poet, okay? If you don't, if you don't, if you don't think about crushing and being the best comic in the room, you're in the wrong business. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so sure. there's that. And when I say old school, I just mean like, I don't know. It's like we, all of us, all the guys you respect, they did albums first. Then they did this. Then they did late night. Then they did specials. Then they did whatever. I mean, just know, I don't know. I think if you're going to put money into social media, I mean, you can, you can get marketers and things and get your TikToks up and stuff like that. And that might help you if you have the act for that. You know, I mean, a guy like me, I think people want to, you know, they want to come out to the club and see me. I don't think they necessarily want to watch. I really resisted the whole clips thing. I mean, that seems to be where everything's headed. I just felt like it was, uh, you know, it's like you're putting your act out there. 
you know, number one, you're just putting, you're just giving, you're just giving people good premises to play with, you know, when you're putting your standup out there every day. I mean, there's, you know, so that, that bothers me a little bit, you know, where I feel people could just look at your clip and go, Oh, let me reword it. Let me reword this joke. And so I resisted that I resisted what you guys do with the clips and stuff. And uh, for a long time, and then I felt like I scrubbed the internet with my sets because I didn't just, I wanted, if you want to see me, then come see me live. You can hear me on a podcast. You'll get a sense of who I am. And then I have albums that are out. I have two albums out on Comedy Records. You can listen to those. But yeah, I don't know. I think the, I, I think the album's a, a good way to go. I mean, I don't know if you guys have done that. Have you done an album or anything? But I feel like, you know, it's a smart way. I mean, during the pandemic, I put on an album on Zoom. And uh, I got it on Sirius, and that was a big deal for me because it was like I found a way to kind of make a living through technology, mm. which wasn't old school, by the way, Yoshi. And so <laughs> I, did, I did an internet album, and I got it on Sirius, and I, I, I made pretty good money off of it because I was trying to be innovative. I was like, how can for I? Because sure. I can't be old school. I can't go to the clubs right now. So it was a way for me to make money off of it. But I think there's different ways. I don't know if there's a right way to answer that because it's like I don't know your act. I think some people's act might be perfect for social media and put your money into it. Because, I mean, you guys know that. I mean, Yoshi, is are you, are you like a social media manager or something? I feel like you have some tech job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some side hustle. I used, to, I used to have a tech job, but, but I'm very much yeah. like you. that I'm yeah. terrible at marketing myself. Like yeah. I, I, well, I didn't, I, did I didn't say I was terrible at marketing myself, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just said he's projecting onto you now, Dustin. He's no, no, no. no. Yeah, I'm saying that yeah. I'm terrible at marketing myself. Yeah. So, like, I believe like what you mentioned around clips, and like I've resisted clips for a very yeah, long time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd rather just be in the clubs because, like, that's where I want to. Yeah. I want people to come see me because I believe I'm a performer that's worth seeing and paying money for. Absolutely. Right? So, I mean, but I think to your, to your to your point, like everyone has a different path. And yeah. definitely, I just think the short clips, you know, as I look at like, you know, people who are younger and like 20 year olds, that's just what they're targeted in terms yeah. of how they think of comedy. Comedy to them now mm -hmm. is short clips. Comedy is like two, three minutes max, 30 yeah. seconds of just, oh, yeah. that was funny. Great. Next thing. That was funny. Great. Next thing. Right. And so I think yeah. there's just an element of, you know, you've been doing comedy for a while now. And I think as as you get farther into this, you're like, you want a body of work. And I think I'm more of like, here's the body of work. And I want yeah. you to see it versus here's 18 seconds of a premise that I thought yeah. about that has a great video attached to it. And now I get 40,000 views, but it's like that 40,000 views can might get you paid work. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. And you said something um, great video footage which that isn't always the case that's always funny when you yeah. see somebody just doing some, some wobbly ass video and then like the, the captions and stuff but yeah i mean with my dry bar you know we cut some clips out and i think it drove people to the dry bars and stuff so yeah, yeah. I, I think you use it as much as you can i don't think there's a right or wrong answer old comics new comics like it's just you know ultimately it's about jokes and storytelling and Absolutely. so as long as you're doing that right and you're, you're being authentic to yourself you know, I, I think that's enough. And you, you know, but you can't put money into people marketing yourself. And you know, I know, you know, the bigger guys do that. They don't have time to do it. So they have social media managers and stuff. A lot of these big comics, you think they're responding to you. They're not. It just said some, <laughs> some kid named Daryl who's 19. And he's like, <laughs> like, Sugura got back to me. No, he didn't. 
but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of that happening. So, you know, I mean, if you got the money for that, why not? If I, you know, I, if I could afford it, I would. For sure. Yeah, I think Chris, Chris DiStefano just like got off social media and he like, and he has like a manager now, social media, sure. like team and stuff. And he credited that with like just so much less anxiety and more yeah. just, he could focus on what matters most and stuff. But like, yeah, younger comics it's just trying to figure out how to tell a joke are now trying to figure out how to get a crowd work clip in their three minute open mic set at the coffee shop that they can post to hope to go viral. So then they can sell out a venue and bomb for an hour and lose every <laughs> fan they had. Like at a certain point, it's like, yeah, do clips. If you have something worth seeing, like, yeah, you know, you go viral and then what, or you post this clip. Are yeah. you going to be proud of that in two years? Like that's very, like that's very old school forever. thinking, Joel. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Yo, speaking of old school, what is what is your opinion on notes on stage, Dustin? Let's get to the bottom of this. Notes. Yoshi doesn't open, mind notes this, on stage. What's your opinion of comics mic. take at an open mic? <laughs> okay, at an open mic. Yeah, not at, um, at a <laughs> I here's the deal. Um, I don't think you should ever lift the paper off the stool. I don't think you should ever look at your phone. I think it. I think it's okay. A lot of big comics do this. I do it when I headline sometimes because I'm trying to figure out, you make sure I get everything out. So I think if you place something on the stool, like a large index card or something, and you have your you have your premises or you have the stuff you want to go into, and you do one of these, I think it's okay. But if you're pulling it out, I mean, I've seen guys, you know, they're just like, all right, let me let me do this. Like, you know, none of that. But if you want to glance, that's fine. You know, I don't think it's a big deal if you glance. But you, they, the audience shouldn't be aware of it. It should be very nonchalant. You shouldn't make it a big deal. I mean, Janine Garofalo did a special on HBO and her whole thing. She's looking through the her notebook and stuff. So there's been people at high levels that have done it. But I mm -hmm. think it's best to just, you know, glance, kind of look down, you know, just not make a big deal about it. Because bands do that. They have their set list on the ground and stuff. I remember one time somebody told me that. I was playing at college for the first time. And I was just like, I don't know if I can remember all this material. And they was like, well, you know, bands, like, you know, they put, like, their their set list. They tape it to the ground. And the guy was like, yeah, you should do that. And I was like, okay, man. And so I remember I was my first college. I was so excited. And then I got, so I, you know, before the show started, I taped all these, like, you know, notes on the on the on the ground but i'm kind of nearsighted and i have horrible handwriting so i'm on stage <laughs> and i'm trying to go in and i just and i i'm looking down i'm trying to make it nonchalant and i'm just looking down and i can't read i'm like what the what is that? what did i write you know so i can't read it and i'm struggling to read it and then i can't see it it was it was a disaster it's <laughs> a horrible idea so sometimes it doesn't work out so i uh, i've moved to the stool and the index card so <laughs> I just saw uh, who's somebody special. I I saw paper on the table and on the floor. S'mores, s'mores special. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean... To your point. To your point. It was just like it wasn't a. It wasn't like pick it up kind of thing. She just kind of glanced at it and then went back to her set. Because mm -hmm. I think she just like got so much laughs that she was like, all right, let me take a break and then let me look and then get right back into it. To your point. 
Yeah, and it depends how much new stuff you're going to be doing because it's like like I burned all this material with the dry bar, so my goal now, I'm going out with Nate, going out on my own, and it's like I want to do new stuff because I know a lot of these people are going to have seen my, you know, whatever. So, you know, if you have a lot of new stuff, I mean, I think it's okay. But it's, it's you know, yeah, I've seen guys sure. I've seen guys have notes. They don't do one new joke. It's like, why did you make a big deal about the notes? You didn't do anything new. They, I've seen it all the time. Like They act like it's new. They're like, oh, let me do this new joke that I did six years ago. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, like they're not doing new stuff. So yeah, there's that. That happens a lot. So make sure at least it's new if you're going to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bobby Benavidez asked in our Facebook group too. When you talk about you burning your material, he asked, "When should you retire jokes? Are there jokes used in your special you'll continue to use, or should they stop after you've uh, recorded them?" Well, I uh, I used them a little bit with my albums because I felt like I hadn't done a I hadn't done them on video yet or or special or anything. So I did use them a little bit, um, you know. But uh, yeah, I'm really gonna not do them anymore like I, that's my goal is to i have some stuff i really want to get into so i think once you get it out there once it's been on something you know once it's been you've done a, a late night or a you know hopefully a special or whatever you know i think that's you know i think that's when you're supposed to i don't know i mean because some jokes and i get mad when jokes still work you know what i mean you got a joke that you wrote you know seven years ago why are you still working i go i don't want to <laughs> use you but you <laughs> And yeah, then that, I always get mad at jokes. I got jokes. I was like, thank God I did. You know, it's like, I, I just can't do them anymore because I just I feel like they're way too old. But, yeah, I think that's what it is. Get it on something. Leave it somewhere. It needs to live somewhere. Once your jokes live somewhere, I think, in, you know, and I don't think, you know, I don't know. I'd rather it live on a special than on a clip. But, you know, that's just my opinion. Really hit the P on that clip. These clips. <laughs> Not my first rodeo gig, but hey. These clip. kids and their clips out here. Clip. Old school clip comedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in that. I'm in that transition right now of like writing new material after. Well, I self-produced a special on my 10 year anniversary, and then whenever the dry bar comes out, like that, all that material will be there. So I'm trying to write new stuff, but it is like if it works, it's like so hard to get out of that safe zone of like, oh well, this joke didn't work. Yeah. Let me go to this joke from four years ago that I know will yeah. work. And you can kind yeah. of get caught in that rut. So I'm kind of in that, like, I'm trying to get the bravery back to go out on a limb. Yeah. I, so when did you do your dry bar? About a year ago, you said? I, I, it may Like a year and a half now, maybe? Wow. It's been yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, I did. It mine was during the pandemic. I, yeah. Okay. I did mine last May. So it was about almost a year. Yeah, that's a lot of anxiety. Uh, my girl did Colbert, and it was like a year before they released her Colbert. So it's like, wow, it's just it's interesting. It's like there's so much anxiety with that. You know, it's like people just, you know, it's like, ah, it's a comic, whatever. We'll just release it whenever, you know, <laughs> it's like, like I knew a guy uh, two years they didn't. And they just released it like like a month ago, his dry bar and stuff. So, yeah, that's a, I know what you're feeling. And I think they'll <laughs> release it when it feels like it's right for, you know. They have a lot of white guys, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in this clump of too many white guys, so they're they're trying to spread you out. Dry a bar, bit. Yeah. more like white bar. White bar. Hey, <laughs> white bar. Oh my god, I'm never coming back. They're all watching. <laughs> Especially me, like I look like a Mormon poster oh, child. Oh, you do. They're like you look they're like saving you, me you for a holiday. Tag. Name tag and a tie. <laughs> For sure. 
I think I had a missionary look just uh, a companion look just like you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So get it on something good. You know, your material deserves to be on something good. So once it's on, don't feel bad about doing something old if you're making a living off of it. You know, because it's our tools. You know, we're like plumbers. Right. Like you know, sometimes your closer is your wrench and your thing, and you use it. It's like. You know, it's what you can make a living off of. And it's hard to come up with jokes that always work. So, you know, I think it's but it's important to eventually retire. You know, I don't know if you ever saw that. Did you ever see that interview where it was like it was Seinfeld, Louis C.K. and Chris Rock? And they were talking yeah. uh, comedy. And it was like mm -hmm. you could tell like Seinfeld was like, what do you mean? Write a new act every year. And, you know, and, and Chris Rock and, and Louis were like, nah, man, that's what that's what you're supposed to do. And you could tell, like, you know, <laughs> Seinfeld yeah. was kind of like, nah, man, I do the same jokes. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, it was it was a funny moment between kind of the old school comic and then two guys that are just trying to, like, you know, generate new and new material and different fan bases. So, yeah, it was interesting. But, yeah, it is different. Know, now, yeah, it's... now he does new stuff. But I think at that time he was just doing that same act. But, yeah, yeah. I did my act way too long. So I'm excited to do news. I'm excited to kind of not to cut not bomb, but I'm excited to you know, figure it out. You know, I think that's comics sometimes get too caught up in like, Oh my God, I, you know, let me, is this going to work? I mean, you just kind of, you know, you force yourself to do it. You know, it's like, uh, athletes to beat teams are not supposed to beat. you know, you find it, you know, you find a way for this stuff to work even when it's new, you just exactly. got to come out of hard. Yeah. It's just starting over. It's like spent 10 years getting one set and now you're like, Oh boy. Yeah. Now the it's fun like a, begins. It, it's part, yeah. it's the job though. I mean, yeah, I'm not looks like a new relationship. It's just, yeah. It's yeah. Like a new relationship. You're like, Oh, all right, here we go. I gotta, I gotta start over. I gotta listen to stuff about her mom again, you know, or whatever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's what I, I had like a lot of marriage care. stuff trying to figure out what else is there. Like my special was called the trophy husband. Had like a lot of marriage stuff. I was like, well, what else do I want to talk about? It's like finding, she's trying to find a whole new. That is hard. Yeah. Cause it, it is hard trying to find, you know, I think you just kind of like, just go off of a joke that's new, that's working and like make that your base. You know what I mean? I don't think it has to No, so much thought has to be into like, what am I going to, what's my identity now? You know what I mean? I think it's more like you have that one joke that maybe works that you haven't used and like, and then just kind of bounce off that joke and milk that one as long as you can into other bits that are similar. That's what I'm doing right now. It's like, I'm just trying to take one joke that I know works that I haven't put anywhere and then just write around that joke and just like, you know, take that joke a little further, you know? So that's cool. just one. I don't know. That's, I think that's a good way to do it. Don't, don't put helpful. so much thought into it, you know? Yeah, very helpful. Um, let's see. Maybe like one or two more. We're coming up on the hour here with our technical difficulties. That um, really I got my cricket internet over here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, Drew Beekler asked, "What kind of adjustments did you make going from city roadwork spots to opening for Nate and TJ?" Um, well, Nate obviously is uh, very family friendly. Um, so there was yeah, that's quite a contrast. Those guys. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, definitely some adjustment, um, there. Um, you know, his last, his special Tennessee kid, I think it was, uh, or the one after that average American or something was, uh, rated G. So, um, you know, that's, that's crazy. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it's right there with like, you know, like just rated G movies. Like you yeah, see it, like he, come, he comes, he comes up. Yeah, yeah he like comes up next to Nemo. Nemo. And you're like, What's <laughs> wow. But it's, yeah, but, and it's so, and then you go into these shows and these shows are ridiculous. You know, they're just like, I'm, I mean, I'm blessed to be a part of these shows, you know, they're arenas and theaters and but that but the beauty of it is it's like you know you'll see families there seeing stand-up together so it's like the dad can bring the kids and the grandma you know it's phenomenal it's like nana and the two kids and everybody so you know knowing that that was what i had to adapt to um i found a way to kind of get rid of the edge in certain things and still talk about stuff like, like I can talk about drugs if I come from the perspective of, you know, I'm a recovering addict. And so I'm not sitting there going, hey, I dropped some, you know, some Molly and I partied. I can be like, yeah, you know, I used to have a problem and whatever. And I find a way to talk about the same things I was talking about, but from a different angle, you know, a way that's a little more wholesome, a little more, you know, thoughtful or whatever. So that's some of the, my material I would do it that way. I would just come at it from a more mature perspective that wasn't offensive to kids or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, and then, you know, Nate says, Nate's cool. He'll be like, look, dude, just don't say the F word and don't talk about sex and you can be edgy, you know? And so, you know, there's about eight of us at open forum and it's like, you know, a lot of us keep our edge. We just don't, you know, go down the road that's going to offend anybody. But with TJ, anything goes, you know what I mean? I could, I could get on stage naked. He wouldn't care. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, he's like, whatever, dude, you know, have fun, you know, whatever. So it's kind of a nice release because with Nate, it's like I keep it in check and I play by the rules and whatever. But uh, but and then with, you know, and then I'll do a gig right after that with TJ or whatever. And he's like, yeah, just kind of go wild or whatever. But I'm leaning towards kind of being cleaner because I feel like the market's bigger, you know, and it's like yeah. and then you get the fan base is bigger. And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, we get bad habits as city comics sometimes. It's like. You know, it's like a lot of late shows and a lot of, you know, different things that we just feel like we have to say, you know, curse and stuff. And, and sometimes you do, you know, a joke, you know, needs it sometimes. But a lot of times it's just, you know, lazy writing, you know. So we don't always need to be dirty and we don't always. Do. And I think blue, you have to be gifted to be blue, you know. And I think a lot, I see a lot of young comics that don't have the talent to be so blue. Like Richard <laughs> Pryor could be blue because he was so freaking talented. He could pull yeah. it off and he pulled off clean when he first started. So it's like, but sometimes I think it takes, it takes a really good performer to get an audience to get on board with you when you're talking about, you know, going down on somebody or whatever, you know, whatever it is you're doing. So it's like, I think you need to be, you know, good at that. I, I always say start clean and then maybe head there if that's where your comedy takes you. But, but I think clean's the way to go. I really do. More money, man. <laughs> facts. <laughs> Big facts. Me and Joel are both like, Clean life. <laughs> yeah, clean yeah. life, baby. About that life. life. Yeah. Well, and the goal is to get on TV, like late night and all that stuff. It's For like, sure. you know, just, just prepare. I mean, you should think bigger, that's all. For think sure. bigger. That mindset seems to be a big part of your comedy journey of, like, challenging yourself, getting out of your comfort zone, continue to push forward and yeah. creating big goals. That seems to be a big part yeah. of what you've done. I think so, you know, and uh, I think that's it. It's never too late. You know, that's the best thing about comedy. It's like it's not like an athlete. 
like you could you could do this. I mean, I saw Rickles in his eighties and stuff, and just crush him, you know. So it's like that's the thing about comedy. We could just do this forever, you know. You can reinvent yourself. You can like change your act. You can be, you know. It's it, that's what's exciting about it. So keep keep dreaming, keep going bigger, you know. Keep thinking, you know, I can do something, and you know, not think that you're, you know, you've missed out on anything. Because I don't think it's ever you're ever too old to start this. You're never too young to hit. You're like it just, you know, any anybody can hit this thing. I mean, I remember. You know, I used to, this is one, I used to run a show and this kid would, would go on stage and he called himself the teenage comic. And I was like, dude, I go, that's so corny. Go stop saying that. And, uh, that was Pete Davidson. And so and he was 15 wow. years old. <laughs> wow. And I was like, that's so corny. And I love that. I got to tell him he was corny. I was like, that's so corny, dude. You're not going to be 15 forever. Like, stop calling yourself that. And I remember that was one night, and he stopped doing it. And, like, of course, he became a star because of me. Now, I'm taking, taking all the credit. I'm taking all For the credit. Sure. All the credit. Every single bit of it. But, 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 you know, so, anyway, he was a little child, and he, you know, he hit. So, you know, it's but never I, known I this that, business. Yeah, I think that is a good perspective because even someone like, and just, we'll say Nate because it's someone we've been talking about, but it's like, people see him now, and they're like, oh, lucky him it's like he's in his 40s like yeah it's not yeah. like he woke yeah. up and this happened like you know like a lot of these comics that are famous now like most of them aren't pete davidson where they just blew up and like at yeah. 20 well yeah, yeah also, i like, mean he's been doing it for a while that's like, what i mean yeah like he's been at it yeah like 20 years or whatever yeah, yeah. and i and think that's pete, he's been doing it for a while too pete's yeah not, he not has he started oh, yeah, when he was true. the teenage comic. So, yeah, he's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at least middle school. But, uh, yeah, I think the older you get, the more interesting you get. I mean, George Carlin was his best work, you know, is when he hit his stride, you know, his 50s and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you just have more to say. You live a life. So, you know. I think it's uh, that's what makes these guys interesting. I mean, you see Brett Kreischer, he's still taking his shirt off. You know what I mean? He doesn't care. So <laughs> yep. I'm always amazed by that. I was like, really, dude? Hitting 40, still taking your shirt off? Good for you, man. You can do whatever you, you, do whatever you want. Nobody, you know, that's Thank the thing about comedy. Just do whatever. Yeah. Beautiful. It's, uh, yeah, it's lawless. You can do whatever. <laughs> Um, I was going to ask real quick, uh, sure. you started, like, I met you on, like, the festival scene. What do you think about comics and getting into Which festivals? festival? Do you remember? What uh, we it was World Series. We met at World oh, Series. Oh, World Series. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet. Yeah. Um, I got I, I got that second place trophy here. somewhere. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I think it was in Vegas that I met you first, and then okay. at, a, at a satellite. Like, I think oh, it nice. might have been. Okay. Sarasota, and then maybe I didn't do too many of those. I think it was Vegas. That's probably where I met you, or it was okay. another casino. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, what do you think about like any advice for comics thinking about sort of just the festival route or like the competition route as well? Um, <clears throat> I think um, I'm kind of edging myself out of it, but I think it's important to do it uh, depending on what you have going on in your life. And um, depending on, you know, if you're not touring or working with people or if you're not passed at clubs or if you're not, you know, working on something, I think these are great ways to kind of get exposure and meet other comedians who might help you get work and stuff. So, yeah, I, I love the World Series. I feel like uh, it was good for me to be because I was always bad at competition stuff. So it 
it kind of helped me figure out how to do that and how to like figure it out and whatever and, and be okay under pressure and stuff like that. So I think it's, it, it's good. I mean, sometimes, you know, I, I don't like the atmosphere that contests can create. You know, I remember I, some dude was treating me like it was some basketball playoff game or something. He's like, dude, man, you can't do this. Like get in my head and stuff. I was like, dude, I go, we're artists, man. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> he's trying to like psych me out. So there was a little bit of that in a competition vibe. But but I think it's good. I think it's good to push yourself and, you know, figure out a way to kind of just, you know, just do you just got to do stuff. I mean, people, you know, they're not going to get to if you're not if you're not a social media whore, then you got to go out and do other stuff because you got to you got to get seen. So whatever it is you can do. And uh, it's just good to try to, you know, do stuff. So I think it's I think For it's sure. good. And, and the the, uh, the networking is is great. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. it's it's important to meet comics and meet industry and, and talk to people and, you know, definitely do it when you're ready. At least have a good seven, 10 minutes. You know, don't just do it out of nowhere. An open mic kind of thing. I mean you know, get your bearings a little bit before, or you're just, you you know, you'll just go to fly to Vegas for four minutes and, you know, cry all the way home. So, you know, you want to, you want to, <laughs> you, you don't want to do that. So at least, at least come in with a strategy to win. <laughs> well, yeah, as, uh, as, as we, uh, land the plane, do you have any like favorite closing advice for, uh, comedians? Closing advice. I. Uh, you know, just uh, enjoy the ride. Write every day if you can. Um, you know, try to be different. Try to write, you know, something that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about. You know, try to stand out, really. And then, uh, yeah, just uh, be kind. You know, get to know a lot of comics. Like, be friends with comics. Don't be weird. And those relationships, let me tell you, they come back. They'll hurt you, and they'll come back and help you, you know. Mm. I was nice to guys, and now they're coming back and helping me. And so... You know, create a good environment for yourself, a good, you know, kind of comedy foxhole of guys and girls you take care of and stuff. I think that's important. Just just kind of like look out for each other because there's only there's not that many people doing this. And so it's like it's a very niche kind of thing. So it's like, you know, reach out to people that are doing it and, you know, kind of create your own scene of good people and be kind and take care of each other. You know, that's what I say. Beautiful. Go to each other's shows, all that stuff, you know. Well, please promote uh, your dry bar special is out. Now. Yes, check it out. Check it out. Anything um, else? Top ten. Like to top promote? ten, baby. We're doing good. We're doing Ooh. good. <laughs> doing good. We're doing good. <laughs> so, yeah. Yay. So uh, it's cranky pants. My girl helped me named it because apparently I'm cranky. <laughs> morning and uh, <laughs> and the set kind of made sense because I'm because I'm on stage like it's a you know like come on people what's wrong with you that kind of vibe that New York vibe so it's like it comes off kind of cranky in Provo, but um. Yeah, if you could go to dry, go to the promo code or whatever, and put in D Chafin C H A F I N uh, all caps, and you get a free month of Dry Bar. So you can watch my special, watch some other specials, some good good guys on there if you want to check that out. But yeah, check it out. You can uh, Dustin's Vinyl. Uh, it's a show I do on Twitch. We talk about records and stuff. I collect vinyl records all over the country and stuff. So we talk about that. So that's kind of a fun show. Yeah, podcast as well. Kaboom. Chafin, thank you so much for um, hanging out with us today. Thanks for having me. It was fun, man. All right. I hope you find that better internet. I am. I'm finding Mont Blanc to get better internet. That's my goal. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm saying Yoshi and Mike live as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yay.
You guys are great. Have me on any time. If you got, you know, if like For sure, somebody brother. can't make it, if, Jez, if Jezelneck or somebody can't make it, let me know. And I'll <laughs> we got you. We love we love meeting comics that love uh, helping comics. So um, thank Absolutely. you for sharing your time with us. Yeah. I mean, thank we might, guys. hey, Joel, we might need to do the same thing Dustin's doing with that Dustin vinyl and just stick it in the back. It's fun, room. right? It's a good idea. Little, you know, it's fun. A little light lights up. Yeah. We'll uh we'll work on getting a working microphone first, and then we'll worry about signs. <laughs> guys, guys, yeah, jump in. Money goes jump into ahead. Look, it went out. It went out. All tech. <laughs> there it is. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks, Hot Breath of Verse. Thank you, Dustin. We'll see y'all next thank week. You, buddy. That was fun. Yeah, Bye-bye. Peace. Bye. Hot Breath. What's goody, Hot Breath of Verse? I am teaching a clean comedy workshop on Zoom this Sunday afternoon. So if you've ever wondered where the line is in clean comedy, how to transform your dirty jokes to clean jokes without compromising your voice, and get live feedback on your material in the workshop, scroll to the bottom of the show notes, click the link, join the clean comedy workshop, or go to joelbyerscomedy.com slash cleancomedyworkshop. And I'll see you there. Last one sold out, so jump on it.